0: Nice for and off the PSG Hello and welcome to PSG Review. It's international break right now in men's football, but life goes on and on top of that we have been having some club football on women's side even champions league and there's also been some very interesting interviews and such pertaining to the men's team by some former players and even coach so this is what we look into this week it's always useful to try to understand the club through the stories and opinions of people who have been there inside and The current players speak very diplomatically, of course, for the most part, so you need to go to the ones who no longer are in the payroll to get more candid insight, and that's what we do. Very interesting stuff, I promise you that much. I won't get into the details of the international break too much, but Manuel Ugarte had a great match as Uruguay beat Argentina. Bit of a controversy there, but nothing too hectic. Some words and hand signals not suitable for polite company, that's all. Warren Emery, of course, became the youngest ever French national team player and subsequently the youngest ever goal scorer against Gibraltar. But um, just as he scored, he received an awful tackle on his ankle. A Gibraltar player got a red card, but young Warren was injured in the process. In the post-match interview, Didier Deschamps said that it was a sprain and that nothing is broken. So it could be worse, but it isn't great either, l'équipe estimation is that he won't play anymore during this year but we are of course not far from the end of the year and some more examinations are still needed but at this point any absence by Warren Sayre Emery is an issue but but we have some players on the bench who need to rise to the occasion and take his place for the time being. Mbappe scored a hat-trick and uh, the last one of those goals which was a very spectacular long effort over the keeper was his 300 goals as a professional football player, so something to remember from this match as he got his second hat-trick in a row since he scored one of those just before the international break against Reims as well. Additionally, against Gibraltar, also three assists for him, and France won this match 14-0. So, uh, if you didn't see that match, that will tell you quite a bit about it. Uh, beside Mbappe and uh, Emery, also Usman Dembele scored as did our PSG TT's Kingsley Coleman, who got two goals, and Adrian who got one as well? My name is Nico. Great to have you tuned in to PSG Review, a weekly English speaking podcast about one of the more fascinating clubs, experiments, and experiences in European and indeed the world of football. That's certainly my take as we cover the various angles of Paris Saint germain football club. Feel free to check me out online on the socials, at PSGReviewPod on Twitter and at PSGReview on Instagram and TikTok, and the show itself, of course, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many other places, so make sure you have subscribed and leave a rating and review also if that feels like something that isn't entirely outside of your comfort zone. You can also email me, psgreview.podcast at gmail.com if you want to connect for whatever reason, be it having a question such as, or anything else. Like I mentioned, the PSG women started their Champions League group stage this week as they were playing against Ajax at the Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam. We have a look into that a little later in the show, but few former players have also been discussing their time in PSG in various interviews, so we have a look at what they've been saying and analyze that a little further. Thomas Tuchel isn't a player, of course. He was uh, the only manager that took us ever to the Champions League final so far, but he's had a few words. Uh, Thiago Silva also has made a mention of the team and Andy Herrera has even gone into the details, which is where we are going to start. I remember when Ander Herrera came to Paris as a free transfer for Manchester United where he had a reasonable career in his back pocket already. He was never going to be a star player. He admits this much himself but he is at his best a player who works incredibly hard and facilitates the star players on the pitch so that they can do their thing. What they are paid to do, what they are there to do. We, We had already by then had a bit of a up and down relationship with these free transfers what what happened is that it really sounds great because who doesn't like a free thing but of course these aren't free players what happens is that the money is not paid to their previous club in the form of a transfer fee but the players themselves and their agents will cash in quite often with assigning bonuses and also the absence of transfer fee is usually reflected in their salary so They tend to make more money throughout their contract than what they would if there was a transfer and part of the budget for that player were transferred from one business to another, from one club to another. Basically, that means that the money goes to the selling club. And the consequence of that is that these players are quite often difficult to sell onwards because that salary that they are now receiving now the next team would have to match that and if the players haven't done so well, uh, in the meantime they will be seen as overpriced and in terms of players who have already celebrated their 30th birthday, which also quite often is the case with these free transfers, they don't have the future proof either, so it can land you in muddy waters unless, of course, if it works, unless the player in question becomes someone who makes solid contribution to the team. And uh, in that case, it can be really a great thing. So that was the backdrop for the arrival of Ande Herrera as a free transfer in the summer of 2019. When he signed his contract in Paris, he promised us three things. Work, professionalism and passion and he stayed for three seasons before he fell out of favor and was put into loft. As they say, he became a bit of a persona non-crata, at least as far as the future plans, footballing-wise, went even if undoubtedly well appreciated by his colleagues in terms of his personality. Uh, I was at Parc des Princes last June, early June, that was as PSG was playing against Claremont, the last match of last season, having already confirmed the league on trophy, and after the last match at home there are always these huge celebrations when the title has been won, the fireworks, the whole lot. And since the last championship that PSG won was the record-breaking 11th one during these celebrations, there were a whole host of video messages by former players who had been part of the championship-winning PSG teams of the past. And, you know, the crowd loved all of them coming through. There was Nene, Rai, Jean-Marc Biloget, Javier Pastore, Pocholavets, Valdo, Philippe Janol, Jeremy Menez, Guillaume Horro, Clement Chantum, Louis Fernandez, Blaise Matuidi, Mamadou Saquon, even David Beckham, and then, then there was also Ande Herrera. Now, of course, it's not as easy to have players who don't play anymore or who would be up for doing this from the most recent title-winning squads, but while everyone got so much love from Parc de Princes, all these players that I mentioned, the former players, Ander Herrera got laughter. It was not like a laughter of hate or dismissal. Uh, That wasn't my reading of it, at least. But I would say that when his video message came, it was just confusion. And part of that undoubtedly was that he was in the mix with some club legends and other players who have had more time to at least romanticize their stay in Paris. So in that context, under Herrera didn't seem to fit because less than a year earlier, the club had tried to sell him and managed only a loan deal that had been a mountain to climb also. So these memories of that were perhaps too fresh, Again, it it was not a hostile reaction. I certainly don't think it was, but it was just feeling bizarre. And it felt bizarre to me too, uh, because while things didn't work out perfectly, I'm of the opinion that Herrera actually gave us what he had promised to give us. He was always professional, he always worked hard, and he had passion. Now uh, perhaps his level wasn't what was needed when Luis Campos wanted to rebuild the squad, but when he was in Paris... He did give what he had to give and it's difficult to blame the player for anything beyond that because they don't really choose the team around them. They don't even hire players not even themselves so so they can only do what they can do. You know, what's within their control and Part of their job description, and I would say that Herrera did that. He was a starter in the club's only ever Champions League final, after all. So that's not nothing, but unlike some other midfielders who were part of that same lineup, I'm talking about Leandro Paredes, Herrera always gave all for our shirt. Paredes, who undoubtedly has a certain amount of quality. Put that on display fairly sparingly not very often the work ethic wasn't anywhere near the same and i for one i'm a bit partial to the work ethic i love players who have it and i'd rather have them over much better players who don't have it because we all have seen the results of that too so why am i talking about Andy herrera out of all the people right now well It is an international break, of course, so there's nothing happening in the men's club football right now, but also because I was listening to a great interview that Herrera gave to Colin Dicano. His show View, is for Oh My Goal France, and it really is worth your while. Uh, I will put the link for the full interview in the description of the show, in the show notes, but let's hear a few clips from it. First, he's talking about the comparisons that we're all too familiar with against the very old big clubs of Europe, and how does he view PSG in this light?
1: Manchester United, Liverpool, Juventus, uh, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they are much older. They have much more history, and, and I think it's not fair with, with Paris Saint-Germain to compare with them. I think they are growing up really fast, probably faster than they should in some moments, because I remember when Qatar Arrive to the club. I, I remember listening the the first uh, press conference or whatever, and or, or reading something, and they say our objective is to win the Champions League. Wow! And I say this is a big mistake. You yeah. cannot go to a club that they haven't won, they hadn't won a, a trophy in France for a long, long time, and you cannot put those expectations on yourself. That's my opinion because after when you win something, people are gonna say no 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 that's not what uh, you are here for you have to win what you said you is your your objective so after all the expectations all the um, the demanding of of people is is normal because you put on yourself those uh, expectations so the club is young the club is a very nice club i really enjoy my time there people working for the club are so 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 nice even they are they still have people who was at the club one day when they were not that big? That makes the club still very familiar. But you see, it's true that you see a big gap between that people and 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 the board of the club in terms of expe- expectations as well. Because I used okay. to talk with the uh, with the kit men and everything, and they used to talk with me about uh, that just a few years before, ten years before, or twelve years before the players used to take their own boots home to clean them. I didn't do that even in in Zaragoza. The the, the developing and the the way the club has grown up is amazing, but it's not fair to compare them with some clubs that they have already been in in the history of football for 130 years or Mm. something, you know? So one day I think they will will reach that level because the The structure is strong and they are doing the things in that uh, way. But in my opinion, they should have said to the fans to go more little by little.
0: PSG is work in progress and uh, you can question, I certainly do, if the age of the club adds some specific substance to it it is the fact that clubs are historical, the deciding factor of their value. And perhaps the age, especially when combined with the silverware and great victories, perhaps that is a huge thing, but it's a thing that we can never really ever change. PSG is a result of a two-club merging in 1970 and that's what it is. PSG was known as a great Coupe de France side and of course there's the crowning achievement of winning the Cup Winners' Cup in 1996 before the Qatari financial injection and there were other achievements as well, French championships and such. But at the same time, it's not historically comparable to some of these other clubs that have been mentioned. But you know, uh, hip-hop, is much younger style of music culture than say jazz or classical music which had had some amazing work long before hip-hop even came to be what we think it is now whatever you think it is i'm very fond of it myself uh, so i'm using it as an example uh, and it comes from a specific context and I'm, I'm not here to apologize for it just like i'm not here to apologize for PhD not being around during the world wars or things like that i mean The history of some of these now great and traditional giants is in entirely smooth sailing without any awkward moments through the historical events like the Third Reich in Germany or Franco's fascist dictatorship in Spain, but that's not the subject matter here. I'm just saying that the history of football sanitizes itself with time fairly thoroughly and you or I don't have to accept it, but... That's what happens. No one molds history for the betterment of their own image as us Europeans. So that is what it is. Whatever you feel about the current club ownership, and and I know it varies a lot from adoration to condemnation, but of course the reason why PSG isn't always best liked in the world of football is because It's a sports washing project, which it is. And it is what we consider new money, which people don't particularly seem to to like. And of course, many of the old clubs also deal in new money on top of the old money. And most of the old money is even actually less ethically acquired. Uh, But again, that's a matter for someone else to get into. PSG has existed before the club's current owners but it isn't as old as some other clubs. There's nothing particularly controversial here and certainly nothing that we should feel any type of way about. And also, people don't really seem to respect French football very much or perhaps rather league-on even. If in the past few months, Lens have beaten Arsenal and Toulouse beat Liverpool, but you have more chance arguing with Pope whether God exists than trying to convince supporters of especially English football that they are not sent from the heavens above. And, And I'm not trying to say, of course, that through these victories, these French teams are bigger or better than the sides they beat, but rather than it's not as straightforward as it might appear to some. I mean, take for instance Bundesliga for example, uh, Harry Kane has now scored 17 goals in 11 matches and Lionel Messi scored 6 in his first whole season in league. 1. I feel like there's a chance that scoring isn't as difficult in different leagues, but my opinion about it, to be honest with you, it's not that strong that I would have a debate about it, but it's just an observation and I have digressed now. Of course, we're talking about Herrera. He was talking about the growth of the club and and how quick it has been, perhaps even too quick. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic also talked about this in one of his books, not not the most famous one. Uh, This one was called with his trademark lack of humility, simply I am football. Uh, He tells their story about his boots, which he had left to be cleaned. And when he arrived back next day, They were precisely where they had been left the night before. So much like what Herrera mentioned. And Slatten also says how the catering wasn't on a required level of professional athletes and the training center was a bit of a nightmare, you know, especially when the weathers were changing and things of this nature. And all these things were improved bit by bit. With him, of course, you sometimes need to take a pinch of salt, even a bit more than that with these stories. But the take-home message is that despite the club having existed since the 1970, which even in and of itself isn't enough for some, but professionalism of its football operation happened bit by bit and not necessarily too long time ago. And I don't say that as a criticism, just something that is. Herrera also talked in that clip from Kalanta View about the expectations that the new owners' Qatar Sports Investment had installed on this project and how that to him had been a mistake. And I agree, and, and with the help of hindsight, perhaps even Nasser al would now know better, but what's done is done. And I do know that PSG has paid the price for that insane expectation, and I do think that right now the club is trying to uh, perhaps disassociate from that mentality. Right now, hopefully, for the first time in many, many years, the project has a little bit less pressure. Thomas Tuchel said in a recent interview that he's sure that PSG will get out of the Champions League group. He was speaking about PSG in a very nice way, which may also be impacted by the fact that he has now seen other big clubs and how they work, N- not to disrespect Dortmund where he had been before us, but perhaps Chelsea or even Bayern have provided a different frame of reference to him. I mean, in London, he had to live through his club owner becoming a blacklisted person due to his proximity to Vladimir Putin and subsequent sale of the club, and the new owner who went a bit tricky, happy with the players. And in Bayern, they were talking about sacking him after a few weeks and one Champions League exit. So in that light, perhaps Paris isn't especially symbolic operation, just a huge organization in a very pressurized environment. And of course, part of that pressure is of our own making. Diego Silva was talking recently to The Guardian and he said that nothing happens overnight. You're not going to achieve everything just because you have a lot of money. That, that's not how football works, he says. And he continues, if you don't have a clear plan of what you want, things won't work out. First and foremost, you have to be respected inside your country in order to be respected outside. And we didn't do that, he says. We did the opposite. We wanted to be loved abroad, but we didn't do anything to be respected at home. I mean, that checks out, doesn't it? All, all of it. And I don't disagree with Diego Silva. Now, of course, the page has now been turned and the French national team has five PSG players, including Warren Zaire Emery, who is the big promise of the whole French football in general. So this, let's call it Frenchification of PSG, has started to happen. And perhaps that is the answer to Silva's regret, too. And Herrera was talking about the new project and he said that he's excited about that, too. A- A- SMI. Come with me. I do really recommend you to listen to the full interview by Herrera because he really gives a good insight to the whole final eight in Portugal, the Champions League final in the August of 2020 and much, much more, of course. But he was also asked if he felt disrespected by the club in the end. And this is what he said.
1: No, but Paris Saint-Germain, the rotation of players, everything was, everything is always so crazy even even with nay with with marco berratti if you see for me marco berratti is a huge legend of the club the way he he used to 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 get the people together the the the, the way he loves the club and the way he has left makes me feel uh, some pain you know and I don't consider myself as important as Marco or, or, or Thiago Silva or some players that they have really changed the club. If they didn't get that uh, farewell, how I'm going to to receive that? So I am so thankful with the club and so thankful with the fans. With the, with the city is one of the best cities, or, or probably after my hometown is my favorite city in the world. I love it. I don't really have any bad word for the club, or for the city, or for the fans. I am so, so so thankful to have been able to represent the club.
0: Like I said, uh, the link for the full interview, which is in English, as you could hear from these clips, is in the show notes in the description. So go and listen to that. I really recommend it, but just wanted to pick up from a few of those points partially because a lot has happened in the last two years and especially last summer. So we are potentially in a very early stages of something special. Either way, we are in the early stages of something new and time will tell us how it will go, whether it's special or not, but history is always unfolding. That is inescapable and like the Danish existential philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. So while we are here now, in this moment, experiencing it, we can only understand what has been before and. In this context of football, this is where our former players are a great source. They can help us navigate this experience and I personally find it very fascinating. PSG women started their Champions League group stage in the very tough group, not really any easier than what the men's team have. And uh, In the calendar, the first match was a visit to Amsterdam to Johan Greif Arena facing Ajax. On paper, a reasonable starting lineup for PSG even if some of the players might not have been 100% fit, but nevertheless not a bad 11 to get things started. Uh, PSG was very dominant and in this match were leading in almost every statistics except one. That's the one thing. It's unfortunately the only one that really matters, which is the goals. PSG had chances and possession, but no clinical finishing. And Ajax, with far fewer chances, were careful to put them in. They got two goals from two shots on target, and PSG was unable to match that. Not an amazing performance, very far from it. And this definitely was a match that this team should have won. Not entirely even sure what the issue is, but this isn't good enough. The level isn't good enough. To put it simply... They need to top the crew, or otherwise they might get some of the best teams in Europe to play in the knockouts on the first round. Of course, there's another option that they don't make that far anyway to the knockouts, but let's not think about that quite yet. The issue is the death. Uh, We can have a reasonable 11 players, but not a lot to bring in from the bench, and that means that the injuries are extra punishing. Uh, This squad needs a proper transfer budget and ambition to get players that are needed for the positions that need some strengthening. There's no other way around it, and I'm not even talking about, you know, this group stage as such. I'm talking about really competing in Europe in the latter stages of Champions League or even domestically against Olympique Lyonnais. Today on Sunday, as our record, the team has been playing in Division 1 against Fleury. Uh, that match has been pretty much happening as I've been recording. Actually, I was not in a position time-wise, schedule-wise, to, uh, to have a look at that match and, and talk more about it. But uh, last minute, uh, additional minute goal. Uh, 2-1, PSG won, uh, Jackie Cronin scored that goal. Uh, Not an amazing match uh, from what I gathered, but uh, nevertheless three points and that counts for something. The next Champions League match is against Bayern Munich on Thursday and that match will be also in Paris. My name is Mikko and more PSG review in the week to come. The international break will come to an end and on Friday we have a huge domestic match against Monaco and then Newcastle comes to park and... Both of these matches are very important. Needless to say, the return from the international break is always a challenge, so hopefully we will have a good squad available for it all. Lastly, before I go, just a quick acknowledgement that there is now a report out that PSG would be planning a large-scale state-of-the-art renovation project for Parc des Le L'Equipe says that this would include a retractable roof and lawn, Capacity would be around 57 to 60,000 people. Uh, according to some sources, the cost of it could reach around a billion euros per. But what is not really mentioned at this point is that will they be able to buy the stadium after all because this of course is quite a plan for a rented space. Perhaps this is there to put pressure on the city hall and the mayor to be able to make the purchase of the stadium but we will of course follow the story when there's more concrete things to say about it. If you haven't already done so please go and rate and review the show and make sure that you have subscribed from your podcast platform of choice so you get psg review fresh whenever it is published you can also email me uh, psgreview.podcast at gmail.com and on the socials you will find me as at review on tiktok and instagram and on twitter it is at review pod so make sure that you give those a follow if you haven't then feel free to say hello there too thank you for listening. Take care. Peace.